Hey everybody, welcome to the third episode of NorCal and Shill. We have a great guest today, it is Kath Simar. You can find her on Twitter at Kath Simar underscore. Her Instagram is at Kath Simar. Her website is www.cathsimard.com. She's a great photographer, composite artist. She's an adventurer, a Sony ambassador. She leads multi-day workshops around the world. Kath's work has been featured in Sony Alpha Universe, DP Review, Art of Visuals, Open Skies Magazine, and Patagon Journal. You can find her work on Super Rare. Her clients include... DJI, North Face, and Duracell. She's a member of the WBWF, which is the World Bear Wrestling Federation, and she's a baguette connoisseur. Everyone, please welcome Kath Sima. Hey, Kath. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm super good. And you? I'm doing well. I can't complain. You know, it's a nice morning here. Not too hot yet. Yeah, well, I would probably die in the heat where you are now. <laughs> <laughs> it does get pretty warm. I mean, I, I think it's it might be 80 degrees outside now. Yeah, no, I, I think yeah, I would probably have a personality change. When I'm in the heat, I literally become a couch and I cannot move. <laughs> I'm good in the mountains and, and a little colder, colder weather with fresh air. And yeah, I'm, I'm not complaining too. Well, nice. I mean, it looks, I mean, I know it looks nice up there. I saw someone post some pictures of Banff Park earlier today. I know it wasn't you, but it looked really nice. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been good. Basically, the smoke cleared in the last few days. So it's been really nice to see the mountains finally. I think when the smoke cleared, I just went out and I screamed in, in the street and I was just like freaking aesthetic. I'm just so stoked to to be able to get out and hike again and start shooting again after uh, maybe like two months of being stuck inside and not really able to to hike. So yeah, I'm really, really excited. Oof, that sounds not good. No, no. I, you know, you always have the gym, but it's not the same as the mountains. That's, yeah, not the same. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you. Do you use a, a hardware wallet? I do. I actually got one, I think about a month ago. I have the Ledger Nano X, I believe, the one that connects to your app. So I've been using it, but also, you know, I'm an artist. I'm pretty messy in everything I do, except my my business, but all the rest, I feel that I'm pretty messy. So I just sometimes forget to transfer. Yeah, it's not the best uh, to leave everything on the MetaMask. Right. I mean, but I mean, at least you, you are doing it here and there. And Yes. Yes. No, I think it's definitely something that you have to get 
you can't leave everything on a MetaMask. And it's just like, you know, it's a learning curve, definitely. Just the setup was a little bit nerve wracking, <laughs> I right. remember. Yeah. Yeah. A bit complicated, but I think it's really worth it. I know a few of my friends, they still leave everything on their MetaMask. But, you know, these days there's just so many hackers. I feel that it's just like a matter of clicking on one link by via your inbox or your, your DMs. And then, you know, you can you can get in trouble. So, yeah, I think the ledger is good. Once you have it set up, it's pretty easy to use after that. I mean, it is a little bit nerve wracking when you're trying to set it up and then. Yeah, especially if, if you don't have any experience in that. So I yeah. think it's good to have someone to help you. You're like, this is everything I have right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't lose yeah. this. No, exactly. And it's the like you're responsible of your own money. So I, it's definitely like you can't take this lightly, even if I think for some people it just feels like fake money. So the urgency is maybe not there as much as you know, USD or whatever Canadian. But yeah, I, I think it's, it's definitely, that's, it's, for me, it's the number one that I recommend with my friends get into crypto or NFTs. I'm like, you have to order, you have to order a ledger or any sort of hardware wallet when you start. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of NFTs, what were your first thoughts when you heard about NFTs? So when I first heard about NFTs, actually, I was just uh, scrolling on, on TikTok back uh, during COVID time when uh, we had nothing to do. And I heard about NFTs first on TikTok. And then I reached out to a few of my friends' photographers who I saw that were slowly getting into NFTs. And they kind of like, they kind of like got me uh, to spend more time on Clubhouse to understand NFTs. And I became obsessed pretty quickly. Mostly because I had a lot of free time back in the days. But I, I first learned about it, I think, back in January, January or February. And then I was just spending over six to 12 hours on Clubhouse every day. Just to, it, it was insane. I was really, really obsessed about it. But I think it was good because I learned really quickly. And then I was able to draft like a very specific sort of strategy for, for my first NFTs. But it took me about four months to jump into this because I wanted to do something that really reflects my personality and my creative vision that I have for my work. But, you know, when I started, it was so abstract, but I kind of, I got it. I think I got it pretty quickly. And there was no hesitation really about the fact that, you know, is this going to work? Is this going to be worth putting in the time? I just decided to go like all in into that and really dive in fully and, and, and yeah. And then I think four months later, then I, I put for the first time my, my Genesis collection, but definitely interesting. I was trying to explain NFTs to my friends and family and they were asking me, you know, what are you doing during, <laughs> during your days? I'm just, oh, well, I'm just, you know, spending a ridiculous amount of time on Clubhouse, just trying to understand that thing. And then starting to, to share a bit more about my work. Yeah, I definitely don't regret. And I also like things that are a little bit different or outside of the mainstream. And I thought that NFTs were so interesting. So yeah, I just, I became obsessed pretty quickly. Nice. Well, I mean, that's early bird gets the worm, I guess. It's awesome that you this jumped in so deliberately. Yeah. I think perhaps if, if, you know, if COVID would not have happened, I would have probably been hiking and doing my workshops and not being able to put the same amount of time and, and energy in that. So in a way, I think COVID was perfect. 
for me because it allowed me to develop uh, online business, like not only with NFTs, but also doing some online classes and, you know, getting my shit together with some paperwork and, st and stuff like that. So I think it was a good necessary break into my career just to kind of like pull all of this together and create some different ways to set up, you know, different streams of income online. So it's been really, really great. And I don't regret doing that. Nice. Well, that's really good to hear. Yeah. So I'm curious. I, I mean, I know you've had some different things in your background. What prompted you to get into art? This is actually a difficult question because I think that I don't think that you choose art or I think I don't think that you choose, you know, a, a path in art. I think that art chooses you. When I look back into my childhood, I was actually thinking about that the other day. And I think that I've always been a very creative kid, but I was so focused on sciences and, and sports that I did not really allow myself to fully develop my creativity. But I remember back in the days, like when we had art classes, I would, you know, spend like hours after classes just finishing like an art project and Yeah, I never fully went into this direction, but I would say that my first introduction to art was back perhaps when I was 16. So I, it was when I started to do modeling, which is not like, you know, art itself, but it was like a, a first introduction to something that is a little bit more artistic. And I really, really liked it when I started the fashion shoots, the clothing, the art direction behind the shoots, anything visual, I really, really enjoyed it. But at the time, I was also studying in sciences because I wanted to, you know, become a, a doctor or a dentist. So once again, I did not really allow myself to have this as a potential career. Oh, yeah. But up until I went to university and then I, I studied biomedical sciences, And I just realized that it was not for me and that, yeah, the artistic side of me was a little bit more important for me and for my happiness than the science part of it. So then I decided to drop biomedical sciences and I decided to go study fashion design in Montreal. So basically I dropped sciences to kind of like go back into something that was a little bit more artistic and, and that I was a bit more passionate about. So basically, I was doing both modeling and fashion styling at the same time. And I decided to go full on for the fashion styling. So I basically just kind of like booked uh, a ticket to New York for two weeks with one makeup artist and one fashion slash commercial photographer. We were pretty young. I think we were like 21 or 22. So three girls in New York City. We rented an apartment and the goal was to build our portfolio in order to start getting bigger jobs with different brands. So we were just contacting like different fashion students fresh out of university. So we would get some of their collections and also some work with some new face models from New York. And we built a really, really good portfolio within two weeks. And it was so stressful, but so fun. It was so fun. And I just really, really enjoyed the, the creative aspect of it which gave me also a lot of drive, you know, like when you do something that you're passionate about, you don't count the hours, you're just like, it doesn't really feel like work. So basically, I built my portfolio. And then I, I, I came back to Montreal. And then right away, I got recruited by a big artist agency. So they started to represent me as a fashion stylist. And then I started to get some jobs almost immediately. So because I was studying still fashion design at the same time, I decided to drop fashion design because I was like, well, 
I'm already getting jobs and I don't really like, I don't really need this degree. Yeah. So I, I think that, that the, the art part of it really comes from perhaps my modeling background. But then for the photography, that's an entirely other story. So basically, I kept doing the fashion thing, so fashion styling and fashion modeling. But I realized that at some point it was not super fulfilling. There was just something perhaps that did not really align with my values or I was not fully happy in, in this world. So I decided to drop everything and completely start over. So I decided to sell all my designer clothing. I made like a huge sale back in the days, sold everything, broke the lease of my apartment. And then with that money, I bought a one-way ticket to Australia where basically I did some farm work for two years. <laughs> Complete change of job and of life, I guess. Yeah, it was really interesting. But I think that, you know, this specific decision brought me to photography. So when I was doing the farming in Australia, I was also taking some photos with my phone posting on Instagram. So that was back, I think, in 2015. So Instagram, I think, started back in 2007, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure. But, you know, I was pretty late, pretty late in the game, but I was still posting photos of my, you know, my side trips, my hiking. And then there's a company, an Australian company who contacted me and they were like, hey, Kat, we love your work. <laughs> I was like, my work. <laughs> yeah, we... <laughs> We love your photos. We love your work. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And uh, they were like, would you like to take photos of our products? And they were like bandanas that you put on your head or like, you know, okay. kind of like cover your mask. Yeah. yeah. And it's called, it's kind of like Buff, but it's an Australian brand. Okay. They gave me their budget and I said, yes. So with that money, then I bought my first camera and then I, I started learning photography like that, just taking photos of people wearing the product and, you know, doing some cool stuff, hiking, whatever. That's how I learned photography. And after my two years of farm work, I decided to take a solo trip to reward myself after the hard work at the banana farm. <laughs> Getting dirty every day and fighting snakes and, you know... <laughs> It was pretty insane. It was pretty insane. Most of the backpackers, they only stay for two months because it's such horrible work. Like you're literally 40, you're working in 40 degrees Celsius. Like, you know, you're seeing snakes and spiders every day, like getting really dirty. So I really wanted to reward myself and take a solo trip. So I went to Hawaii, Indonesia, and then I ended up in the Canadian Rockies. And for me, it was the first time to see like mountains that big. Like I... There's no big mountains back in Quebec where I live and even in Australia and even in Indonesia. And I was like, what the hell is this? I was like, this is the most beautiful I have ever seen in my life. And then I started to take photos. Like I rented a car. I just slept in the, the passenger seat on the car, just like totally like, you know, just like a, a homeless person. And I loved it. And it was just it was amazing. It was just kind of like very freeing to explore the mountains and, and go on hikes and I met a lot of incredible people and that's how I started to take more photos of the landscape and that's how I kind of discovered my passion for the mountains. Yeah, so I think that just like to sum up, I think that art has always been there, but under different forms. And I think that the form that uh, kind of like aligns the most with me and my personality and what I love to do is definitely landscape photography. So yeah, so I think that it's mostly art found me, but also has always been part of me. So that's the story. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's amazing. It's a good story. I like it. I mean, it's 
so varied, so much transition and steps to get to where you were today. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of trial and errors. But it seemed like every step kind of helped you along the way. Yeah, I think so. I think that all the changes somehow just brought me where I'm the happiest. So that's why I, I think it's like, well, I don't think you have to follow a straight line in life. You just kind of like have to follow your instinct and then follow what you're passionate about and just trust the process. Because if you're trying to always project, you know, and plan everything that maybe you might miss some opportunities. Oh, yeah. I agree with that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you were an animal, what would you be and why? If I was an animal, I'm going to say a snow leopard because I don't tolerate hot weather. <laughs> snow leopards are, are rare and you don't really see them. And I'm very, you know, if I'm in a group or whatever, I'm usually in the back or trying to escape. I'm very solitary. I do enjoy the company of people, but to a certain extent, because I'm very introverted. Not, I'm not like introverted in the sense that I'm not social, but introverted in the sense that I get tired very quickly from being with people. It's just like an energy thing for me. Yeah, I think a snow leopard. I think snow leopards, they live in the mountains too. So yeah, I think it's, it's great. Yeah, I love snow leopards. I'm going to do snow leopard collectible NFT collections. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'm buying. Perfect. <laughs> so I'm curious, if you could chill someone else's work, who would it be? I want to chill everybody's work. I think that everybody has some someone to bring to the table, but I think I'm going to chill my friend's work. So I have my good friend, Matt. He helped me with my promo video. He's just a really, really talented photographer and videographer. And he's also right now working on a 3D uh, animation piece. I like that he's being very particular and very creative in, in his approach when it comes to NFTs. And yeah, I'm really excited to see his next finalized piece. And also, well, I, I wanted to share my friend's Monica, but he did place a bit on it. So I did. I did. Yes. Yes. I love Monica. I think, I don't know, she's just very free spirited. And also she's a nurse and she's just so happy being able to finally get some sort of compensation for her photography work. And I think that being in direct contact with my friend's work, I just know how much time and energy and effort that they, they put in there. So for me, it's I connect a little bit more with that, if that makes sense, because I know that they're working hard. Yeah. And, and I do value, I value that people who work hard for their art. So. Right. I mean, I like them both. I, I like Matt a lot. I've talked to him a few times. He's always got something interesting he's working on and it's just fascinating what he does. And I've talked to your friend a couple of times as well. Yeah, just happened to be that she posted some new work and it was time to make a bid. Yeah, let's go. I'm so happy. <laughs> and it's a spot from the Canadian Iraqis. And Monica and I will bring you there exactly for sunrise. That sounds early. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to be ready to wake up early and put in the work if you want to see some cool right, stuff, right. you know? That's fair enough, fair enough. You know, you can sacrifice a little a little bit of uh, hours of sleeping. We're probably going to need to wake up around like two in the morning, but whatever. <laughs> what is one night lost? Just some energy drinks. 
Yes, a lot. A lot of energy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you go hiking and the water bladder, instead of putting water in there, just put energy drink. That's the problem solved. That's the trick. Yeah, this is problem solved. Exactly. And then you're going to be so, so excited to go up and, you know, you're going to be flying in front of us. So I think this is a great idea. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll have to make it happen. Yes. That sounds good. So I'm curious if you have some advice to give to someone else, or if you have a piece of advice that has been given to you that has been very helpful. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick my dad's advice. I receive a lot of advice from a lot of really interesting people, but my dad, his philosophy has always been do whatever you want to do that makes you happy, but be the best at what you do. And I think that this has always been a sort of like driving water for me, not for competition or perfection, but just to push myself to, you know, be good at what I'm doing. And I think that, you know, being the best can be also defined in many different possibilities. Like being the best can just be, well, I'm the best because I'm able to make a living out of my art and I'm happy. And for other people, being the best could be just being completely at the top. So I think that that's why also I've always been comfortable changing directions from science to fashion, to farm working, to photography, to NFTs, because I feel that when you're truly putting in the work and time and energy into something, like there's no reason why you would not succeed. So there's that. I think that, you know, really pushing yourself to be good at what you're doing is something I think that there are some people, they just kind of like do half-assed work and they expect to get 100% of the result. Like, I think for me, really putting in the work and the time and energy is, this is what will make you successful. And also take your time. I think that it's, it's really interesting because, for example, NFTs are so like, you know, there's a huge hype. You got to jump on something right away. And I, I like that. I like that. But at the same time, it's making me just want to run in the other direction and kind of leave things unfold and, and really take my time. And if I think about my past, like I've always had more success taking my time and not necessarily following the trends. This is something I'm trying to remember myself, especially in the NFT space where it's so like intense and hype. There's just so much hype that sometimes, you know, it's even hard to know what is hype and what is true success. And yeah, so take your time. And the last thing I would say is, so this is kind of like my life mantra and it's life is an echo. What you send will come back. So it's a little lesson about karma, I guess, that, you know, the more positive energy that you put out in the world, the more positive will come back to you. So I really like that because for me, I know if I'm in a negative place and I'm just putting out ranting, whatever, constantly. Well, sometimes bad shit happens to me after. And I'm like, well, I kind of, you know, this is, this is just the echo. So I like to remind myself, like, even if I'm not in a good place or even if I don't feel like it, I just, I got to stay positive. And I, I really think that this mindset, it has a huge impact in my life and personal and, and business wise. Yeah. So, you know, be a good person and people will be nice people to you. Oh, I completely agree with that. hundred percent. Like, you got to be nice to everyone. I mean, they can be a jerk to you, but just try and make the best of it. And you never know. And maybe they're just having a bad day. So Yeah, exactly. And I think that sometimes even if I see people who are like being a 
jerk to me or negative comments, like instead of like responding like super defensively or, you know, just like being super angry about it. Sometimes when you're able to shift the conversation from like anger to, hey, I don't know, like if you send positivity and like you're actually kind with that person, it's just shift the energy and it resolves by itself most of the time. Oh, yeah, definitely does. Um, Being kind, definitely it opens doors and solves problems a lot of the time. So yeah, we have to be kind to jerks. This is the conclusion. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I know the answer to this, but if you could live or move anywhere, where would you live and why? Well, I've kind of already moved where I wanted to live. Yeah. But I'm going to say another answer to that after. So back in December, I moved from Quebec to the Canadian Rockies because since the first time I went to the Canadian Rockies, I just, you know, there's some places it just feels like home. And it was so weird because it was a a real feeling of feeling where I belong. And it's in the Canadian Rockies. There's just so much to do here, like so much hike, so much to shoot. The people are nice. It's just like really good vibes. And it's amazing. Like, summer, like all season, there's something really cool to do all season. So I've kind of accomplished this last December and I'm really, really happy I've done that. But there's a second place I really like and it's called uh, El Chalten and it's on the Argentinian side of Patagonia. And it's a small mountain village right at the foot of the mountains. There's not like you can only get Wi-Fi like from time to time. And there's so many treks and hikes like starting right from the village and it's just like the playground around it is absolutely insane and actually one of the photo that you got is from El Chalten it's from Patagonia oh okay yeah the one with the waterfall yep yeah so this is just like it's a really cool spot where you hike for maybe four or five k in the mountains and then you can reach that waterfall it's like a secret waterfall that that you go down and go a little bit off trail I just left Chalten because I feel that if I could combine this with the Canadian Rockies, then it would be the perfect balance of being with some internet and <laughs> being able to be in the real world and then also disconnecting by going to El Chalten and like fully concentrate on, on the shooting and, um, you know, get off social media a little bit. So that would be my ideal balance, I guess, as a base camp. And I'm going back to Patagonia in March and April and maybe May as well. Yeah, I'm planning on staying about three months there. So I'm really excited. Oh, wow. That's a good trip. Yeah. I think it's the maximum that you can stay under a visa. So I'm just uh, yeah. okay. pushing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm trying. <laughs> well, Kath, I, I just want to thank you so much for your time and taking the time to answer these questions and, and just come on the show and be a guest of mine. Thank you so much for that. Well, thank you so much for having me. That was super fun. And I'm excited to to hear the the other people on the podcast. Well, thank you. And hey, we'll talk soon. Talk soon. Who is this guy? 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 Norcal guy. 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 Norcal and chill. Podcast show. It's chill time. NorCal and Shill Podcast. What the shill? The shill? NorCal and Shill Podcast. Show. It's shill time. NorCal and Shill Podcast. What the shill? The shill?